Good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's good to be here this morning with you all. Privileged to open the Bible together. Um, see some newer faces out there this morning, in case you haven't come across me yet. My name's Steve. I'm one of the ministers here, St. John's. And uh, just before I start today, actually, a number of you have been asking about uh, an update on what's going on at Christchurch. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a very brief, brief one, but I'm happy to chat afterwards. Anyone who wants to know more, but um, if you're not aware of what we're doing, is we're, we're doing exciting, we're undertaking an exciting project here as a church, um, St John. So a number of us, uh, including me, uh, we're going across to our neighbouring parish church, Christ Church. We're going to join the church there. This is in March, uh, 20th of March is our first Sunday there, and uh, we're doing, we're calling it a church revitalisation project. And the idea is that we're going uh, to help that church um, go and join the, the faithful people who have been uh, worshipping there for many years, some of them. Um, and we're going we're gonna to just pray <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to hope and we're going to do our best for the Lord and serve. And we want to see that church grow and flourish and eventually maybe even uh, uh, help other churches as well in the area as we're we're doing at Christchurch. So uh, at the moment, the, um, the worship space over there is closed because we're doing a, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a makeover for the worship space. We're, we've had it painted this week. It's just a little bit left of painting to do. We're having new floor, having new chairs, uh, having a new sound system fitted. The Lord's been so good with all the provision and the ability for us to be able to do that. Uh, so please do just keep us uh, in your prayers as we're uh, as we continue to plan and uh, put into place uh, all the things that we need over the coming weeks. I think it's, it's like seven or eight weeks to go, uh, so not long, and there's a lot to do. So do just keep us in your prayers um, over the next few weeks. That would be fantastic. Right, this morning we are beginning a new series in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Uh, If you've got Bibles are coming round. There you go. If you've got your own, do get it out. If you'd like one, you'd like to follow through. Uh, Sarah and Linda are bringing some round. Just wave at them and they'll be happy to provide you with one. We're going to, over the next few weeks, be looking Ephesians chapters 4 to 6. So we're starting in chapter 4 today. Um, Sometimes it might be a temptation for us to think, well, how is this relevant to me? This letter that was written to the church in Ephesus uh, 2,000 years ago. How is this relevant to my life now? Life is very different to what it was then. Uh, This has nothing serious or practical to speak into my life. Fortunately, God thought of that. And uh, the wonderful thing is that when we open our Bibles, we find a living, breathing word that speaks to us now just as it has to the millions of people down the centuries. Because the human condition is exactly the same now as it was then. And when we look at this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, uh, we see that we still have very much the same concerns, the same basic needs, um, 
as the church in Ephesus did in the first century AD. So let's read that together now. Uh, We're going to get into it. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to go from verses 1 to 16 today. And I'm going to read that for us now. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and build it, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks indeed be to God. So, uh, in, in late October 1991, a struggling fishing vessel set out from Gloucester, Massachusetts in the United States to attempt to turn around their fortunes. They haven't been catching many fish recently. And what followed was an incredibly sad series of events that ultimately led to the death of the entire crew. Um, The Perfect Storm was the title of Sebastian Junger's book, which was based on those events and later formed the basis of the movie of the same title, starring, who's seen it? No one's seen it. Don't worry, you're not missing much. George Clooney. Um, the ladies are a bit more interested now. Uh, so if you've ever seen that one, you'll know what I'm talking about. And the story goes that as they set out, um, uh, they knew there were various storms around. They knew there were these various storms around. And they only really did so because they were under pressure to turn around their fortunes. They were under pressure to get a good catch But whilst they were out in the middle of the ocean, three storms came together 
in what was quite a rare meteorological event to create what was termed as the perfect storm. And we use that, don't we, in our language, the perfect storm, when loads of bad stuff happens at once. The refrigeration on the ship also broke down. So everything they did catch out there was going to go bad. If they didn't really quickly get back to shore to get it refrigerated. So it was a desperate situation, but they went for it. They went off through these storms to get back to shore. And the fishing boat they were on was tossed this way and that barely staying above water until eventually it was inevitably swallowed up by the sea. And that was the last we saw of that. So as we can see, when you leave the harbour in a storm, tragic circumstances await more often than not. And I wonder how much the real danger, we realise the real danger that we ourselves can become completely untethered out in the storm. And we head off into the storms of life. And there are all sorts of things out there in life that are waiting to cut you off from Jesus. All sorts of things. We all go through hard times, difficult times, life's not perfect, emotional times, loss, grief. And I guess what all of us are looking for in some way is a, a way, a means by which to weather the storms. A way to stay anchored or in a safe harbour when the storms whip up around us. And too often we see, don't we, maybe from very personal experience, lives destroyed by the storms of life. And what is the remedy? We wonder. It's a big question in life. How do we find safety of weathering the inevitable storms of life? Is it the latest meditation technique? Is it the latest dietary fad? Is it a, in a particular political or philosophical movement or system of thought? The answer, according to Paul, is the church. It's the church. Now, to some people, that might sound like a totally preposterous and potentially offensive idea. What's so special about the church? And I think uh, that's the right sort of question to be asking. What's so special about the church? The church has some bad press sometimes, doesn't it? Some really bad press. What's so special about the church? Are we saying that a group of people, for example, could just set up a group, they could start meeting, they could call it the church, <laughs> and that that would be sufficient? Well, let's look at what Paul tells us here, because he tells us three things, I think, here about the church. He says, the church is the body of Christ. So we, we've got this whole body 
illustration going on alongside this storm illustration, and that we won't get too confused, let's hope. Let's go with that. So we've got the, the church is the body of Christ. Secondly, that it matters what the church believes. Did you notice that? It's quite strong on that. It matters what the church believes. And thirdly, that the church is what we need for stability and security. He says that. So those three things, I think, is what Paul's telling us there. And Paul, he, he sort of puts it together like this. So he brings these, these strands of thinking together, and he sort of goes like this. So that the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Uh, and Paul unpacks that more in, in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you want to go and read more about that, if you haven't already, then do go and do that. But ultimately, the church is the, the body of Christ, that Jesus Christ is the head, and then that we are all, in various ways, we're body parts, and so we're joined together in this one body and we all need one another. Okay, so you've probably heard that before. And so with the church being the body of Christ, the aim is to build that body up. That we wouldn't just remain an infant body, as Paul points out here, but that we would grow into a mature, grown-up, adult body. We do that together. He says that there Verse 12, if you're having a look. And the way the body is built up, according to Paul, is through the gifts that uh, Jesus Christ himself gave, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Why? Paul says, until we re all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the body of Christ might be built up through the knowledge of truth about the Son of God, meaning that what we believe matters, according to Paul. What we believe matters. It seems to be trendy right now to have a slightly, I don't know, you can't quite pin down what we believe. That's like, it's a little bit fluid. You know, for example, that we'd be less concerned about what we believe or the truths of the gospel and more concerned with sort of an, an understanding of that we just need to love. We just need to love and do good deeds. So those things are obviously good in the right context, but I think that we find, what we find here in Ephesians chapter 4 is that in order for the church of Jesus Christ to be built up, and ultimately become more loving, become a more loving and mature body. It matters what we believe, what we teach, what message we are gathered around in unity. And I think the thing is that as we all, as individuals, we invest, don't we? It, to a greater or lesser extent, perhaps, in our own personal building up of knowledge and building up of understanding of who Jesus is and our spiritual journey. And I guess that often we can think of that quite individualistically. So the only person that actually affects is me. Not true. 
you investing in your own knowledge of Christ, in your own spiritual journey, in your own understanding of the truth, builds the church. It is building up the body in maturity. It's just like if we're a, if we're a team. Obviously, Manchester United being the, the greatest football team of all time. Um, I'm just going to speak about those for a moment. Um, so if you're, if you're, you know, Manchester United in the summer signed Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest player of all time as well. And, you know, he's come in. And don't switch off now if you're a City or Chelsea fan or whatever. Go with me. If he, if he comes in, what he offers to that team, obviously he's fantastic in himself. And actually that guy, Cristiano Ronaldo, he takes it extremely seriously, his training. If you've ever looked, he's got a documentary out. He takes it extremely seriously. But it's not for him, in a sense. Although he does get a lot of personal glory. It's not for him. He's made that team better. He's brought so much to that team. So every time he's in the gym, every time he's on the training pitch, every time he's on the, on the, on the pitch scoring goals, he's making that team better. He's helping them to grow. And it's, it's sort of the same with the church, isn't it? Every time we're reading our Bibles or we're, or we're worshipping or we're praying or we're, or, we're, or we're fellowshipping with people or we're just exploring Every time we do that, and we're being built, I mean, we're building up this team. This is a team, the body of Christ, and it's something that we've all got a part to play. If you look at the very final verse, maybe we'll come to that in a moment. Um, but the very final, final verse, as each uh, grows and builds itself up in love, the body of Christ, as each part does its work. Each part does its work, okay? So that was a bit of a tangent. But if, we, if we're gathered around the truth of the gospel, we'll feed from the spiritual nourishment and be built up and grow to maturity together. But if we're gathered around a skewed version or a version that doesn't want to quite be pinned down too much of the truth, then there'll be no real nourishment and we will wither. It matters what we believe. And so, as we take all of what Paul says here, and then we read this one verse, which I think is a key verse in here. We read verse 14. We read verse 14. We take everything Paul's just said. We read verse 14. It reads like this. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Um, what we see, don't we, is if we're setting out alone, if we're setting out alone um, into the storm, there's a real danger, isn't there, that we're going to become cut off like those guys did on that fishing ship. And, And often... You know, we're setting out on a storm. Maybe we're under pressure from all sorts of things to do so. And we're setting off and we're leaving the safety of the harbour, the safety of that safe haven. And we're going out by ourselves. Maybe it's because we're under pressure from all sorts of things in life that's drawing us away. Those things that are just wanting to draw us away from the safety of Jesus. And it's when we're out there 
the storms hit us out there, it might be all okay for a while. It might be all okay for a while out there. But if we're out there and we get caught in the storm, in the perfect storm, and things come on us, and, 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 and everything that life has to throw at us throws it at us, it's hard to get back. That's a hard place to get back from. And you see it often. But if we're rooted in our church, joined in the body of Christ together, if we're walking through this life together and gathered around the truth of the gospel, and in the process growing to maturity together, what we have is the safety of the harbour. We have an anchor. We have a safety of the harbour there. So when those storms come in life, whether they be issues over teaching, which is, Paul seems to be talking about that quite a bit here, and attempts from some to maybe revise biblical teaching or even other storms that life might throw at us, spiritual, emotional, grief, loss, whatever it is, if we're anchored in the harbour, anchored in a church body, that's truly gathered around and connected to Jesus the head. There could be no better place to be. The storms will still come, but we'll be anchored, united in the body of Christ, not alone in our struggles. And so, uh, this is what we have here. This is what we have here, right now. A place of safety. A place that when uh, people come in, they realize there's something different, something special. And often if we've been here a long time in the church, maybe decades, we take this for granted. But I remember, perhaps you do too, I remember that exact feeling when I first came into contact with the church many years ago now, that there was something different. There was something attractive. There was something special. Something felt safe. I felt safe. That isn't just fuzzy feelings. That's a deep spiritual reality of the body of Christ. It's what the body of Christ represents when it's fully attached to the head. And we all have our part to play here as we continue that process of growing to maturity together. That final verse, as I said earlier, verse 16, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We might think we're here and no one else cares that we're here and we're only here for us. It's not true. Look around you now. Your brothers and sisters need you. They want to see all of us. We want to all look around us and go, we are growing together in maturity. This is why we're here. This is what we're doing. As we do so, more people will be drawn in. 
That's why, as that's as we invest in the things of Jesus, we're building up the body, we're providing one another with this wonderful harbour. I don't know if you feel it, but when I come in here on a Sunday morning, I just feel like it's a great place to be. I don't know if you feel that. Maybe it's just me, because you guys are all so great. Linda does. She's like waving at me. <laughs> but it just feels right. This feels like the place I need to be. The church isn't perfect, but when we're attached to the head, Jesus Christ, and we're gathered around the truth, it goes a long, long way. And this is God's design for humanity. This is where we're supposed to be. So the church is, even though the church, uh, you know, can, we can be hurt, can't we, in churches? Maybe we've experienced that. We can be all sorts of things go on. Even though that is the case, unfortunately. The church still is the remedy to the ills of life because it is the body of Christ. We will still weather the storm, but there's no better place to weather it than with your brothers and sisters who sit around you now. So let's not take that for granted, which is often a danger for us, including me. Let's pray. The band are going to come up and we're going to sing. But let's pray. Should we stand, in fact? Let's stand. Because what I really want, you know, I guess, I'd, you know, and I, what I pray for myself, I guess, and my family, and all of us is that we really know, we really know that feeling of safety and that this is the place we're supposed to be and, um, and just know the love that is around us and the truth around which we're gathered. So Lord Jesus, help us all the more to appreciate this thing that you have so ordained as the church, your body, which is the place you are calling us all to, the safety of that harbour. And Lord Jesus, when it, if it feels like a burden, <laughs> we pray to, to carry that responsibility of being part of this church. Lord, help us to, uh, to hand that over to you. As I said just before the service uh, to, to some people, um, enjoy being here. Lord, we pray that we would all enjoy being here. Enjoy being in the company of one another, of supporting one another, of praying with one another, of being gathered together, of fellowship. So Lord, instill in us this morning a fresh, a love for your people and a love uh, for what you've provided for us here. 
And Lord, if there's anything holding us back this morning, we pray you'd break down any barriers that are just stopping us from fully investing, stopping us from being fully involved here and fully, fully committed to one another. Or break down any of those barriers this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.